0: Previously on Elden Ring Don't worry, Torrent. Fortune is on his side. We found him here, after all. One of his kind is sure to seek the Elden Ring. even if it does violate the Golden Order. Welcome back. Pitch Black, once again. Still lying in the puddle, we come to and push ourselves up to our feet. In this murky cavern, there is a small glowing tree in front of us and a set of stone stairs leading to another arched doorway. Upon standing, we check our pockets and notice that we now have a flask of cerulean tears and three flasks of crimson tears. We examine the flask of cerulean tears. It's a sacred flask modeled after a golden holy chalice that was once graced by a tear of blessing. Filled with cerulean tears, this flask restores FP with use, Rest at a site of grace to replenish. The one washed up on the gravesite was sure to die until this flask offered its gift of rejuvenation. How about the flask of crimson tears? It's the same thing, but this one restores HP. Before we walk over to the tree, we notice an apparition slumped over on a wooden chair which overlooks a ledge in the cavern. There appears to be a glowing message between us and it. The message states, The cave of knowledge lies below. We walk over to the ghost by the ledge. This time, we can see the ground below. It's not very close. It's not very far either. Might be able to jump and still survive. It's difficult to determine the gender of the ghost, but it does look like a chopping block is hanging from its neck. The chair it sits on, is fairly exquisite and ornate, we attend speaking with a ghost. Small trees, golden, just like the others above. The 30 or so crumbled stairs lead to a door between tall pillars. That is, unlocked. Before entering, we decide to see if we can actually descend the drop below the apparition. We take a look down once again, then leap off the edge. We land into another pebbly, wet area as our health drops down roughly one third. Press square to use an item, and down on d-pad to switch item. Pressing down swaps between flask of cerulean tears and flask of crimson tears. As we consume one flask of crimson tears, a faint red light illuminates our chest, then dissipates. Around us are small candles, skeletons, blocks and debris. The path forward leads into another large cave. We enter. The rock formations begin to differ inside of this cave, turns into shale, stalactites, and stalagmites. Below us is a small white light, almost resembling the glow of candlelight. Our memories kick in once again. Sights of Grace. Resting at a site of Grace will restore your HP, FP, and cleanse any status ailments. It will also refill your sacred flasks. However, most of the enemies you defeated will be revived. You can find Sights of Grace by going where light converges. These explanations are acquired in the form of info items. It can be accessed from the inventory at any time. The water around the site of Grace ripples very gently in a circular pattern. We reach out and touch Grace. Lost Grace discovered. We decide to rest at the site of Grace and sit down in the puddle, one leg bent up, with our hand resting atop our knee. The other leg bent down into the puddle We stare at the small light, emanating from a mound which resembles a fireplace. It sheds a small amount of light onto our black cow. It's still early day. We have a few options. We can pass time, access flasks, memorize spells, sort our chest, or leave. We decide to memorize a spell. Here we can memorize sorceries and incantations. We must have a staff equipped to cast sorceries or a sacred seal equipped to cast incantations. Casting sorceries and incantations consumes FP. Our memory slots determine the number of sorceries and incantations that we can memorize. We can increase our memory slots by obtaining a memory stone. While we have nothing to actually memorize, we do ponder on the two incantations which we already know. Urgent Heal, which heals a small amount of HP, and Assassin's Approach, which silences footsteps and reduces fall damage and sound. They require eight and ten faith, respectively, which we already have. That's enough for now. We move forward. And through another opening in the cave wall, this section of the cave is illuminated by candles, and we come across a figure standing aimlessly in a corner, armed with a wooden sledgehammer Push R3 to reset camera and lock onto a target. We lock onto the figure, who is still unaware of us, and casually walk behind him, our cape dragging on the rocks and bones below. We thrust our sword, with tremendous force, into its back, and its blood sprays onto the barrels and cavern walls. We pull out our sword, and it quickly collapses onto the barrels. A glowing yellow light transfers from its body to ours. As we evaluate this area formerly stood in, another one of its kind, hobbles toward us from the next area They appear humanoid, thin and undead. And it goes down after two slashes. Press up on d-pad to switch sorcery or incantation. Another zombie-like creature further into the cave, unaware of our presence. As we cycle up on the D-pad, our selected spell changes from urgent heal to assassin's approach, but nothing happens when we use a trigger. We push left on the D-pad to unequip the shield on left hand. And now we are able to cast the incantation. We hold our left hand out in front of us, and it emits a yellow glow which travels to our body, and our footsteps are now silenced as we approach it. Guarding. Use an armament in your left hand or both hands to guard against incoming attacks. Guarding is especially effective when done with a shield. Guarding consumes stamina. If your stamina runs out, your stance will be broken. We press L2 to guard. Once again, the undead enemy raises its sword high, attempts to strike, but its sword is deflected by our shield and leaves it vulnerable for just a moment. Using R2, we wind up for a heavy strike. Garrick twists his hip to gain heavy momentum and takes it out with a single strike. Another unaware zombie to our right, dodging. You can avoid enemy attacks with a dodge roll or backstep. Both of these actions consume stamina. Left stick plus circle to dodge roll, circle to backstep. We backstep, roll, then charge. As it raises its sword to strike, we intercept and perform two quick slashes. It falls face down into the dirt. Press X to jump. We jump over two elevations in the ground, and the cave opens up into a large area with heavy green vegetation and thick fog. In the center of this area, up above, is a natural stone bridge covered in green ivy. A figure standing on it sees us, and it fires a bolt at us with what appears to be a crossbow. We block with our shield. Hold left stick and circle to dash. As it reloads, we run underneath the bridge and out of its line of sight. Among the vegetation here, We notice a patch of red flowers that grab our attention, and we click triangle to acquire materials. Materials, in every corner of the lands between, you will find fruits and flowers, mushrooms and butterflies, and various other useful materials. These materials can be used for item crafting. We examine the roa fruit which we just collected. It's a berry-like red fruit that grows in shrubs, easily found everywhere in the lands between, and has a wide variety of uses. This one has three leaves still attached to the branch, We snag another row of fruit, then dash to the opposite end of the cave, before the sniper can react again. This leads us into another cave, staring down another figure. This one looks to be much better equipped than the others. It wears heavy armor, carries a tall shield and long sword. We slowly walk toward each other. Immediately it covers its entire body with its tall rectangular shield, then charges, wielding armaments. Each hand can be equipped with up to three armaments, allowing you to toggle between them. Armaments can also be two-handed, making attacks more difficult to repel with shields, and boosting effective strength by 50%. Press D-pad right to switch right-hand armament. Press D-pad left to switch left-hand armament. Press triangle with either L2 or R1 to wield with both hands. Using R1 we strike at the enemy. Its shield completely deflects our strikes. We circle each other, then try a heavy strike by holding R2. This time we seem to have staggered it. We find an opening and strike again, creating another opening. Two more strikes, and its blood now covers the ground. We got fairly winded by doing that. But our stamina is back up to normal now, as evinced by the green bar on the top of the screen. As per our recent memories, if we hold triangle on L2, we unequip the sword and hold the shield with two hands. Now we can either hold it directly in front of us, or actually strike with the shield using two hands. This possibly gives us additional offensive and defensive options. How about if we hold the sword with two hands? Possibly different angles to strike from. Blocking holds a sword out in front of us, in a defensive stance. We equip both hands again and move on. A dark tunnel leads into another cave. Two more zombies, one waiting for us, by a hanging pot fire. The other turns and they both face us. Confident, we walk towards one. We strike at the same time, but we connect first and it goes down. We switch targets to the second as it approaches. Clumsily it raises its sword. This time we strafe to its back and impale it from behind. One strike. Heavy damage from behind. And its body goes flying forward into the ground. Each kill provides more souls. Barrels. Boxes. Suddenly an arrow strikes us from our left flank. We zigzag. This time it misses. Bends down to reload. Zigzag again and charge. It fires from another stone bridge. Actually, this one is the sniper from before. We now stand on the same stone bridge. We strike it twice, and it plops to its knees, face down into the blood-soaked green ivy. At the end of the bridge stands another. Starker in this cave. Slowly it charges us. Skills. Armaments have special abilities called skills. Skills are highly varied, and range from powerful attacks to temporary effects. Using skills consumes FP. Press L1 to use a skill. L1 swings our shield outward. Possibly a parry. We attempt to test out our theory. Poor timing. And it strikes us. We slash it once away from us. We attempt to parry again. Poor timing again. And once again it connects. Enough. We strike it down. We enter another dark tunnel. Up ahead, a lit cave. This undead appears to be digging at the ground with its hands, once again, unaware of us. Crouch to make it harder for enemies to discover you, especially effective in tall grass. Attacking an enemy that hasn't noticed you will cause more damage than usual. Click L3 to crouch or stand up. We crouch down. In this position, we remain hunched forward and advance low and slow. Still unaware, we strike it down and now overlook an open area, coincidentally. Filled with tall grass, and the soul undead aimlessly wanders the grass. Press R1 near a back turned enemy to perform a critical hit. We crouch down like a snake in the grass. Emerge from the grass. Our timing is off so we don't perform a critical, but all the same, strike it down into the tall grass. Before advancing, we search the tall grass. Nothing of note, so we continue Inside the cavern wall in front of us, we see what appears to be a loose gap. Peer inside, see a shallow body of water. We strike at the wall, but it's solid, no movement. Continue down the path. Another undead. Stance breaking. Some attacks may break an enemy's stance, giving you a chance to perform a critical hit. Charge attacks and jump attacks make it particularly easy to break an enemy's stance. Hold L2 to charge attack. R2 while jumping to use a jump attack. Charge is to be expected, it holds its sword up to strike. This time we jump, slash downward. We thrust our sword into its chest for a critical, and down it goes. Things change here. Stakes of America. Upon dying, you will be revived at the last set of grace that you visited. However, if there is a stake of America near where you died, you can choose to be revived there instead. The Statue of Merica is a woman who appears to have a holy presence. Her hair is long, braided into a ponytail, arms stretched out to her sides. This particular stone statue has its arms cut off. We get the feeling something awaits us ahead. Thus, we drink a flask of crimson tears to heal our wounds and prepare. As we walk forward, we come to a large hole in the cavern wall. The hole is obscured by yellow mist, opaque and we cannot see through it. The mist travels downward like a waterfall. We press triangle to traverse the mist. Large cave, filled with shallow blue water. A very wide health bar at the bottom of the screen, with a label above. Soldier of Godric. A figure approaches us from the end of the cave. It's heavily armored. White glowing ball on its chest. He runs toward us. Weapon drawn. We run toward him. Weapon drawn. Guard counters. You can perform a counter attack immediately after blocking an enemy attack. Guard counters make it easy to break an enemy stance. Press R2 immediately after blocking an attack. That sounds useful. Shield drawn, we circle it. With his heavy armor and helmet, he cannot see his face. He clips our shield with an overhand strike of its sword. We strike him from behind, take him down to half health. Another overhand slash from Godric. We strike behind, he misses. We strike again. Godric collapses in the water. Enemy felled. The white mist evaporates into small white glowing particles. We look around the shallow blue water, now stained in red skulls in the water stone debris nothing else of note it's time to leave head for the exit into another dark tunnel we find ourselves on a ledge to our right a tall arched door down below the apparition with a chopping block on its neck now it makes sense we appear to be back where we started at the very end of this ledge on the ground we see a white glowing object we get closer and see that it emits from a dead body the pillage remains New item, Strength. We look to see what that is. Presumably, Strength is now 12. I assume it went up. Nothing else of note up here. We time our jump and leap down back to where we started. Prior to leaving, we approach the apparition once again, grateful for his advice. no response we head up the long stone stairway push the tall heavy wooden doors now back into a small room cathedral like setting once again getting into crouch position sneak as death could await us around any corner a larger room of what appears to be a cathedral. In the center, we observe a sight of grace. In one corner, a glowing white object on the ground. We touch grace, lost grace discovered. We sit on the ground and rest our wounds. It's still early day, that's all we wanted to do is rest. We get up and look at a medium-sized, golden statue to our right. It appears to have two creatures on top of each other. Upon examination, we're able to use a stone sword key. We decide to do so, but we reach for our pockets and realize we have no stone sword key in inventory. We head to the glowing object in the corner. dead body, slouched against the stone wall, we pillage remains. Cooperative Multiplayer Use Tarnished Furled Finger to write a gold summon sign Cooperative Multiplayer will begin Once you have been summoned by a player from another world You will take the role of an ally Furled Finger And your objective is to defeat the area boss The compass at the top of the screen Indicates the direction of the summoner Host of Fingers Obtain a Finger Severer And a Tarnished Furled Finger We examine the Tarnished Furled Finger It's the same as we found before A finger of corpse wax Furled like a hook it is the relic of those who came before, left to help those who would come after. How about the finger cutter? This phantom blade severs the link formed by a furled finger, but the Maidens scorn those who abuse its use. Use as a host of fingers to select a summoned player and send them back to their world. Use when you have been summoned to another player's world to return to your own world. Get back into our defensive crouched position up a short stone stairway and end up in a circular room. Four pillars in the center and a stone circle plate between them. Nothing of note in here. We walk into the center of the stone plate and the archaic stone elevator takes us for a long ride up. other than a few sconces on the pillars, the rest of this room is pitch black. Once again, we ascend another set of stone stairs, and now stand, in front of a tall, well-crafted iron door. This one is single, not double. We bend down, and lift this heavy door from the bottom. Lingrave outside we marvel at the incredible landscape before us majestic castles perched atop stone cliffs colossal well-crafted cathedrals tall boulders and gray rocks of varying elevations velvety clouds in the sky a kaleidoscope of colors lush green grass and thriving vegetation of yellow trees and plants but also peppered with dead rotting trees the landscape is gorgeous but also dark and ominous, as evinced by a dead body hanging on a tall hook. We see life, and we see death. Lynn Grave awaits us. Thank you for joining me.